Hey, Brandon here, and welcome to today's episode. We're featuring John Thurmond and Wendy Daly. They are the hosts of the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, and this is the first ever crossover that we've ever done between two podcast shows in the HR industry. So John and Wendy come on our podcast, and then I hop over to their podcast. Their episode will be out in a couple weeks, so definitely go check that out. But in in today's episode, I really asked them all about their background as HR professionals, how they built up this amazing community on Twitter and in this podcast. And they attend a ton of conferences and and network and speak and do so many amazing things. So uh, we kind of go into the background of what they do. But also we talk a lot about trends that they're seeing in the HR industry and in workplaces. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Go over to Apple Podcasts. If that's how you listen, give us a five-star review. Give us a written review. That would be very helpful. And let's get going. Okay, I've got John Thurmond and Wendy Daly with me. Thank you guys for coming on the podcast. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing Thanks great. For having us. Doing great. Well, this is this is fun. So, Wendy, you're in South Dakota, yep. and John, you're in Virginia. So, we're yes. all across the nation in terms of time zones <laughs> right now. For me, it's four thirty uh, in the afternoon on a Friday. I'm curious because you guys, you both have full time jobs mm-hmm. as as HR practitioners. You also host a podcast together, which is this sort of a crossover show. You're the host of the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, and you run tons of Twitter chats monthly. How did you guys meet? How did you get into this whole thing? Give me the background. Well, we met on Twitter, quite honestly, at a, uh, a Twitter chat hosted by Sherm called Next Chat. And kind of bonded over the fact I lived in Virginia and Richmond for a number of years. And so we kind of connected that way and then uh, met each other in real life for the first time at SHRM that was held in um, D.C., the National Conference. 2016, John? 2016. Saw John from uh, out in the expo floor. And because I knew who he was, I recognized him from his avatar, which, hey, you know, people use a real avatar. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and said, Hey, it's John. And so we chatted a little bit. Next morning, I get on the elevator and who's there but John. Um, <laughs> so we got to uh, walk to the conference together uh, a couple days in a row and really just connected that way. It was fascinating to me as I'm uh, on Twitter. Admittedly, I'm more of an observer than a contributor. Uh, but what you guys have really built with this HR community on Twitter is so fascinating. And I think you know I've noticed it with John a lot where he's traveling to a conference and he's posting pictures of people he's meeting where you probably met on Twitter. Like It's just fascinating. How did mm-hmm. you build like this community on Twitter where you guys actually get to know each other uh, even though you're spread all across the country? It, it's a great question, and you know, interestingly enough, I was a lurker for a long time and had done Twitter, especially for fun stuff. I, you know, among other things, I also co-host a podcast about '80s properties and toys and comic books and what have you. And so, I've been on Twitter for a long time doing that. When I got laid off uh, several years ago from my last employer, 
I got on Twitter and started lurking around to just keep up and learn more about what was going on in the HR community. What I found though, is when I started contributing and tweeting people or, Hey, I read something that somebody wrote and I replied, or that's really interesting. Or somebody asked a question and I would contribute an answer. You start building rapport. And then I found that the more we got engaged, I learned that, you know, a lot of people, we have similar interests outside. So I'm really into the band Rush. And all of a sudden I found out, hey, there are practitioners in the US, the UK, all over the globe that are into Rush. So we start talking about Rush and you build those relationships to where, yeah, then you meet. Or for example, you know, we, Wendy and I were just at a conference in New York City, ran into some, or had dinner with someone we've known via Twitter for years. I hadn't seen him in three years, but we talk every week about Rush. And it's that kind of, you know, it's building that community. And so when we launched the Twitter chat initially, it was because we didn't go to Sherm National in New Orleans. And we we were bonding over the fact yeah. that we, we weren't there. Awesome. And, and, uh, <laughs> so, you know, it was people literally nine countries were represented in that hour long chat about, oh, wham, we're not, at, we're not, what are we missing? <laughs> and then we find out that the next day, hey, guys, you were on the social media boards at national and you're not even here. Uh, so I think it's, uh, you know, that uh, I think part of that is that, you know, I, I know Wendy and I are both huge Twitter fans. Uh, I think there's a lot of great thought leaders there. You can, I've learned so much from so many people. It has really expanded my perspective on what we do as practitioners and, and as a person. And I, I'm really glad that I'm really glad that I started contributing and saying something. So since you guys have built such a huge following on Twitter and a great community, you know, there's there's so many HR people out there and even people that wouldn't classify themselves as an HR person but could get value from joining this community. How do you like encourage people who aren't really power users on Twitter to get involved because there's a lot of great ideas that are probably not being unleashed on on your community? I think that's a that's a huge challenge because there's still a lot of there's a lot of HR pros out there that are still kind of scared of social media. Mm -hmm. They're they're scared of being found, <laughs> you know, privacy and all of that. Which um, you know, there's there's an element of eh, unless you go completely off the grid, um, somebody's going to find you. So if you are out as a professional, I you know I've gotten a few people on by sitting down with them and walking them through. Here's how you get on Twitter. Um, inviting them specifically to a chat. And so they can see the interaction, they can see the the value in it. And uh, I've gotten a couple of people really active, I invited them to be part of the social media team for the South Dakota Sherm conference. And they did a great job. I, I was only there for a short time, and they were sharing information, they had the hashtag going. So, I love it. <clears throat> you know, you need to just sit down and, you know, show them, show them what the value is. One of the things that really scares me about Twitter in particular, and this is not necessarily true about the HR stuff, but it's uh, it's so polarizing with ideas and people attack each other all the time. And I'm <laughs> yeah. curious if like, you know, for HR people who are kind of scared or even, you know, somebody like me who I don't like putting a lot of my opinions out there out of just pure fear that I'm going to be judged or attacked. <laughs> so I'm curious if you've ever had anybody like that in the community where like, you know, I thought it was a good idea, put their opinion out there, and then people start going after each other? Or is it really a community where people support each other and their ideas and say, that's a great idea. What about this too? You know, those sort of uh, productive dialogues. I think it all comes from the approach that you have. And I think if you go in ex assuming that people are coming from a place of well-meaning and, and not the polarizing stuff to your point, 
I mean, you know, there is the mute button always. There's the block button. True. I haven't yeah. ever seen it much in in the yeah. HR community that's there. And I think I think we have civil discourse because we all want to get better. Yeah. You know, I think we want to get better as practitioners. We want to be better people. And and I think you can use it's not just Twitter. You could certainly do it with Facebook. You can do it with LinkedIn. You know, I you asked about you know, the uh, people that are uncertain. I do a lot of presentations on social, particularly when it comes to recruiting. And I'm amazed at the number of people that still come up to me that don't really have a frame of reference at all. And, you know, I would, I guess I'm just working from the assumption that people would have something, you know, a Facebook to connect with family or what have you. And I still get so many questions about basic blocking and tackling type things when it comes to social, which is surprising. I, I'm glad it's there because it gives me an audience and, and they, and I love, I love talking about that stuff. And, and like Wendy, getting people engaged to come check out a chat to, to put a, you know, to put something out there. And I think, again, if, if you, we've developed a community that is very welcoming and we want to, we want everybody to be part. We want people to, to not only be welcome, but to contribute because again, you might have a perspective or an idea that I've never thought of, that I don't understand, that that I need to know to get better mm-hmm. again as a practitioner, as a person. And I think it's all in in assuming from the beginning that people are coming from the right perspective and and, and wanting to do well and not not be a jerk, right? Because yeah. we know there are plenty of jerks out there. And again, there's that beautiful button you just hit that you don't want to hear <laughs> from that anymore. Uh, but I I I feel like for the most part, the community that we are part of and that we've helped develop. Uh, tends to be civil and wants to have conversations that are productive and not destructive. Unless you're going to talk about movies. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> good point. Talk about some of those chats that you you've you said you've helped develop. I think you started a few of the chats, maybe all of them um, that are related to the HR world. Talk about some of the the chats that people should get into, and what can they expect out of some of those, and what you know. How can they how can people jump in and start contributing? Well, a couple of years ago, I put together a list of them, and um, you know, bless your heart for saying that we started them all, but we did. Um, we, we started <laughs> Bummer. one, and that was the was it the yeah. HR social chat that you um, started? HR, yep, HR social hours is the yep. one that we started um, once a month, Mondays uh, or excuse me, Sundays at seven p.m. Eastern time. We both participated. Next chat, which is Wednesday afternoons at three p.m. Eastern time. Monday evenings, there's a job hunt chat, it's called, and, and helps people who are not just in HR, but also so any people who are just looking for a job and giving them hints and kind of see um, both sides of it. I'll, I'll share the link where I have the list. I haven't looked at it in a while, so I don't know how current it is, but there's a plethora of, of chats out there, and it's really finding the one that works for the time that you have available and the conversations that you want to have. Um, the thing I like about the three that I mentioned is, and most of them that I've participated in, you can come and go and people might say, Hey, haven't seen you in a while, but there's no, you know, there's, there's nothing about, well, who are you? Why, why are you here? It's, it's, people are very welcoming on those, those chats because you're in the ch- you're in a chat for a reason. You're in, you want to have that discussion. And then you guys started the HR Social Hour podcast. How did that come about? You two as co-hosts, and what did you really hope to accomplish with that podcast? We had been doing the Social Hour chat for several months, and like I said earlier, you know, I'd host I've co-hosted another podcast for quite a long time. I called Wendy one day. I do a lot of 
traveling in my day job. And Wendy happened to be at a, another Sherm event. I, I called her while I was driving halfway across the country. And <laughs> I told her, I said, look, I, I want to do a podcast that is focused on our business, that is focused on HR and, and the people. I just can't figure out what our perspective is going to be where my perspective is going to be, but I'd really like to do with somebody. I'd like to have a co-host and I'd like you to do it. And I, I, Wendy thankfully said yes. And we started <laughs> talking about, you know, ideas about what we would do. And, and really the, where we landed was the whole idea. You know, we we're, we're looking at building community. Uh, we liken it to having a cup of coffee with somebody and spending 30 minutes or so with them to get to know a little bit about them. And then we have a, a second half of the show called The Question Connection, where we ask everyone the same types of questions. So if I meet you down the road and I know your favorite movie is Star Wars, hey, Brandon, you know, mm-hmm. I like Star Wars too. Or your favorite book is The Jungle Book. Oh, I love The Jungle Book. Or have you read this? Whatever it may be. But, yeah. you know, we really talk about, you know, uh, it's all about connecting and giving back to your community, be it the HR community or the, your community at large, and and building your network, and that's what that's what we found was really resonated not only with us, but thankfully with our audience. They really wanted to find that, and so it's amazing. It's been amazing. Mm-hmm. I, you yeah, know, I, mean, I both talk about the fact in the last. You know, we launched in February of 2018, and you know, now fast forward, not even quite a year and a half a year later it's gone so much bigger than we ever dreamed. 73 countries, you know, conferences that we attend now is either social media team or speaking and all these things came about and, and recording podcasts with people that we would have never dreamed that we right. would so true. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's, it's just been a really amazing ride. And uh, yeah, it just started with, I really wanted to do something. And, and I, I knew Wendy, I trusted Wendy. I felt like we would bounce well off each other because we had spent time together. We've, talked about these things and we were doing the chat together. And I thought, well, yeah. as long as she's willing to sit there and let me hit play, let's see what happens. <laughs> so. It was fascinating to me is I think you just said a, a few seconds ago that you kind of like in the podcast to having a cup of coffee with an HR person. But I remember listening to, um, I think it was a few episodes ago, you had an employment law attorney. I cannot remember his name, but he stated that he was, ha- he was having coffee in his cup. And you said that you'd never had anybody answer it with coffee. Is that really true? Like, what do people usually drink? <laughs> well, uh, when they listen to the crossover hint, hint yeah. Yeah, uh, right. the first question we always ask is what's in your glass? Because that's also the first question yeah. that we ask on the chat each month. Yep. Uh, you know, we, we wanted, we built the chat to be an entry level entry point. Hey, we want everybody to come in. And if you're not comfortable God, with Twitter or chats, you know, kind of learn, this is an easy one and no right or wrong. You could drink whatever you want, but we always start the show. And yeah, yeah. I believe it or not, especially we we record in the evenings and I don't know about you, but I don't drink coffee yeah. at eight thirty nine o'clock no, at night. No, not a chance. So, <laughs> so I think that was part of it. Uh, we've had, uh, we've had every kind of answer now that, yeah. I think within reason. I think my favorite one, um, our, our our latest guest, our last guest, Victorio, he, he took a different direction with it. And um, I, I liked where he went. Um, he uh, obviously hadn't listened to the podcast before, which is perfectly fine. But he he kind of talked more about what he was doing, um, what, what was keeping him busy. And so wow. he just took that question in a different way. And we're like, Okay, that's cool. So like we really yeah, have yeah. had a lot of different liquids, and then we did. We had someone also ask. So, do you? Are you asking me literally what's in my cup? <laughs> <laughs> Can I have wine? Mm. Like, well, you're on. 
we can't see you, so drink what you want, you know? I love that the question that you start with. And even you said on the live chat, you, you'd start with a, a basic question because it breaks down barriers. And I think that's what, you know, eight good HR people do. They, they bring people together. They're inclusive, things like that. And it, I think it just makes people comfortable. Is yeah. that what you've kind of seen through doing all this? Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, that's been the goal. I mean, it, it there, you know, I, I, I will say it and I'll say it when, uh, crossover hint, hint <laughs> happens. Uh, you know, you were one of the shows that I listened to as I started oh, trying I, to figure out what to that. do. And, and, and I think there are so many great HR podcasts where it, this medium just continues to grow. I know when we launched all of a sudden it seemed like two or three other people, great people, big names in our business. All of a sudden everybody's got a podcast like, Oh no, but, but there's a space for everybody. And what you're doing is so different from what we do. And that's a good thing because we complement each other. And, you know, there was, you know, our last crossover show was with, uh, hostile work environment. Rest in peace to that podcast. One of my favorite shows of all time. So, you know, it's that kind of, but again, that's a community bill and let's use that example. So here are two employment attorneys on, on your side of the country who we got to got to know turned out they're both again big rush fans what happens last summer i meet them in pittsburgh at a conference yep. no i way. was driving through for work <laughs> and i said hey guys i'm driving through and we sat down we broke bread we hung out for an hour we talked about and then we recorded a show yep. for 20 minutes in the in the hall at ashra's national conference totally you know just that's the beauty of this i mean it's it, you know we we were, consider ourselves really yeah. fortunate yeah. to get to know people literally everywhere, people doing things like you, you know, getting to know you and doing this. And, and it's all about being willing to put yourself out yeah. there. I love that. So you guys, we talked about, have you built a, a great online presence? But what I think I love, I love following you two on, online because it seems like you're always traveling to conferences <laughs> and meeting cool people and, and having fun. And it's really fun to see that. And I'm curious, like, you know, what presents the opportunity? How do you get to go to these conferences all the time? Do you go to speak? Do you go to attend? Is there dual purpose? Like, give me some sense for why either, and maybe it's a different reason for each of you, but I'm curious, why do you attend so many and what do you, which ones do you love? You know, I think, um, the majority of the, the larger conferences, at least for, uh, that we go to are for, to be like that media, do the, do social media for them, help promote, do, we have, you know, podcasts or blogs that we put together either before or after the conference to continue to share that content and, and, and learn. So, you know, it's kind of a, oh, you kind of feel guilty, but you don't, especially the last one with Namely, their, their speakers were just phenomenal. Uh, felt like I learned a lot from it and being able to bring that back and, and share that with the people that I do work with. But there are, you know, there are others smaller venues that we both speak at. Uh, my favorite venue to speak at is Disrupt HR. That short five minute presentation is just fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, and I get to tell people, hey, you know, if you get a bad speaker, they're done in five minutes. So you can put up with anyone for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. What do you, what do you two see as like really the main benefit to, to attending some of these conferences? Is it, is it to network with people? Is it the, the content to, Gonna build your personal brand and support what you're doing. What is it? I think it's a mix yeah. of things. I think a big part of it using using our last conference that we just attended in New York with Namely, part of it was connecting with people that we've been talking to for a long time via social. And you really again, you really feel like you know people and you, you know, you meet them, you 
give them a hug or handshake or whatever people yeah. are comfortable with. But, you know, you make these connections, you, you talk more. But again, you, you have some speakers that you haven't seen before. You're you're listening, you're you're and you meet new people that, again, are bringing different perspectives. And, and yes, it doesn't hurt our our, our brands, you know, <laughs> and it doesn't hurt the social hour for us to be at a conference. And, you know, we wear, we have uh, pins that we wear on our badges and, oh, what's that pin? Oh, I do a podcast. Oh, what's it about? And we tell them and all of a sudden you pick up a listener or two. And, uh, you know, last year was it, was it Sherm National in a, in a big conference room and the, the speaker came over to say hello to me. And all of a sudden the people behind me are like, how do you know him? Well, I know him through Twitter, this, that, and the other, but we know each other, you know, on a personal level. And oh, by the way, he's been on my podcast. All of a sudden I pick up, we pick up two more subscribers. Yeah. So, so there's a little bit, a little bit of all of it. And I think that's uh, the, you know, the fun part of conferences is, you know, we do get a chance to learn new things. Uh, some, some of it is good repetition or hearing it from a, maybe a different perspective, uh, content, the, the ideas being the same, but just a different voice resonates in a different way. And uh, again, making those connections and, and getting to hang out with people after the, mm-hmm. after the conference and talk about what you learn and talk about your real jobs or talk about your families and, and, you know, build that, you know, build those rapports so that two or three months from now, I got an issue with something I can, I mean, I can call Wendy or I can call, a, a list of people according to what I need, need help with recruiting, do I need help with an HR tech question, whatever it may be, you have this group of you know connections and people right. and friends that you've built that you can call and get that professional guidance yeah. that you need. That's probably so true. Like you're you're each so good at something probably unique and you built this network of people you can probably call on anytime for some help. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like having like a you know bunch of HR consultants in your back pocket <laughs> or something just based on the network yep. that you've built. That's amazing. Yep. It's a great way of putting it. Yeah. It's a great way of putting it. So you guys are attending all these conferences like all the time. You go for learning as you'd mentioned, John. Uh, Wendy, I'm curious, uh, what are some common trends that you're seeing just in terms of topics and what people are thinking about right now, whether it's something they're they're worried about in their workplace or something that is just like oh we we've got to do this we've got to implement this it's trendy it's it's <laughs> going to transform our workplace w- what are you seeing out there you know i'm there's a lot of a lot of talk around ai the artificial intelligence and, and what it what it can do for hr and i you know a lot of people are worried about it but there's also a lot of folks out there looking to embrace it um, how can we make our lives better with this? There's, you know, there's, it's a machine. So, <laughs> you know, we, we yeah. have to make sure we're, we're careful with what we're doing. Um, and it kind of, seg- the two topics that I pay, or pay, pay attention to right now is the AI and then also diversity and inclusion. And that's one of the worries mm-hmm. with, you know, AI because there's bias everywhere. So are we putting our own biases into the AI? Is that going to hurt the diversity piece of it? And what are ways that we can, how can we be inclusive while we're using some of this, um, some of the software to bring out more and um, better people, um, not continuing to look in the same places all the time to keep getting the same thing. How can we get more and better? That's so fascinating. You're talking about like those two things, AI and then diversity, Mm -hmm. inclusion and, and bias. I had interviewed... A few episodes ago, we were, we were talking about bias and we were talking about like the applicant tracking system. Yeah. It's not really machine learning or anything, but it, it is a technology where you could literally filter out people and you can pro- project your biases yeah. through a, a technology. Yeah. And I never really thought of it that way, but 
you know, the way she was making it sound was like, yeah, you could just set up all these filters. And, you know, if you want to have somebody who went to USC, just like you went to USC, then yeah, there you go. You're yeah. Top of the pile. Yeah. And it's it's really, you know, it's amazing to just because you don't think you're doing it, but you are. And yeah. it's more helping people to be aware of what your biases are. Um, there's I think there's too many HR folks who they're probably not listening to this podcast, so they won't be offended, but <laughs> they, you know, <laughs> they they're out there. Oh, we're we're HR. We're unbiased. Of course, we don't discriminate based on age. I'm like, well, did you ask your hiring manager why they turned that person down? No. Well, how do you know they said they have a, a legitimate reason as opposed to eh, they're too old? You don't, unless we ask those questions. Yeah. John, what are you seeing out there in terms of the conferences? Any different than what Wendy's seeing out there from a trend standpoint? I think those are two really big topics. I think another one that we're seeing is the whole idea about whole self, bringing whole self to work, being a person. I think it's really, it seems like people, you know, we're talking more about that. Look, we've got a lot of really poorly equipped leaders out there. I think we can all agree on that. Again, there, there, there's a reason there are a number of management podcasts. There, <laughs> there, there's always that need. There's always new leadership books. They haven't cracked that nut. I think though, unfortunately, you know, it seems like we pick people based on how well they produce sometimes and they put them in a leadership role. They don't know what they're getting into. They don't know. They're, they're not, and we don't give them the tools necessarily to do that. So I feel like that kind of, beating that drum along with the whole idea of this whole person and that there, the, the, so many things have changed, you know, in the many years I've been doing this and went for Wendy as well between gig economy and flex scheduling and all these things, you know, we don't have work life, work life balances. It's all kind of a blur. And so again, do I, I think I just like we do it on social and how we, talk about things or, or share things that are a little more personal, probably you know, a little more open sometimes at work. You know, I, I, I know when I was a supervisor, I would never dream of connecting with my employees on Facebook. I, I don't do it now with my coworkers. Really? That's just a personal, for me, that's a yeah, personal okay. thing. I'll, you can follow me on Twitter. I connect on LinkedIn, but Facebook's my thing. It's good that you and have I've the boundaries. Been, yeah, yeah. That's, that's but, but that's but that that again that is a decision I made. I just I find it fascinating. I hear a lot about you know bringing the whole self and mm. what does that really mean and you know and being you know being cognizant of who you are and what you are and what you're about and are you showing that to other people? So I think those are like Wendy said with with DNI and AI. Those are certainly really big hairy eyeballs out there right yeah. now. But I see. I feel like I see a lot of that with the leadership piece and. Uh, again, recognizing that leaders just need to be, they need to give, they need to be reskilled, better skilled, mm-hmm. Agreed. given opportunities to, to become effective leaders. Funny because I think a lot of leaders, they became leaders because at least this is my theory that they were really good at their job as a practitioner yeah. or whatever they were doing, yes. uh, building widgets or something. And then they just, you know, like, oh, you're really good at your job. So you want to get a pay raise? Well, uh, you're going to manage some people now too. And they're not really people leaders. And so, like, I it's funny. I I just finished listening to. I don't know if you listen to Adam Grant's podcast. Can't remember the title of it, but he had this episode on no uh, no assholes at work. And right. because a lot of leaders, they that's how they manage. They're yeah. they're just they're overpowering. They're they're ego driven. They're they're assholes. And I think what people want nowadays is an empathetic leader, somebody who can connect with them and understand where the employee is coming from. And and. 
I think leaders need a lot of work. And so I imagine that you're probably hearing that kind of stuff a lot. Yeah. I think one of the, the interesting things I heard lately is it's, you have to know the tech, but you have to also have this whole idea of relational EQ. Yeah. That's a, a new, a newer concept for me. And I was, it really resonated with me personally when I heard that and the, trying to take both those things and put them together to, to mm-hmm. be effective, not, not just as an HR practitioner, but I think as a leader as well. And, and how do you, how do you marry those two things and really understand that? Because I think as much as tech has improved, I mean, look, when I started in HR as a recruiter, it literally was all paper. Hmm. It was all paper. We yeah. didn't have computers. And I think about how far we've come. I recruited on MySpace for crying out loud. <laughs> Yes, I'm that old. No, hey, uh, I, MySpace. But- <laughs> I, met, I met my. I will admit this. I met my wife on MySpace. Nice. Hey, there you <laughs> we, go. We, okay. we were going to the same college, but that was like the only network where you could digitally connect. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, it, it, you think about now with with the fact that a, a bot can go out and screen resumes yeah. for me yeah. and give me just two or three and say, based on what you told me to look for, here you go. Out of the hundreds of thousands, yeah. you may see so that that has all changed. However, we keep going back to this people piece. Yeah. And I think that's the great thing for HR practitioners and, and to remember is that at the end of the day, it still boils down to people, regardless of what industry you're in and how much tech or how low tech it may be. You know, Wendy's in healthcare. I'm in construction. Those industries are really different in a lot of ways. The people issues yeah. are still the same. They are. Absolutely. People issues are people issues in IT are the same, you know, whatever it may be. And I think that we, we have to always keep that in mind, too. Oh my gosh, I could just continue talking to you about like just every we could keep going down every rabbit hole imaginable. I want to keep moving yeah. though because you guys have limited time. You, you both said that you were you speak at some smaller conferences that that you go to. When you are speaking, what do you like to share with people? And whether it's um, in a conference on the podcast or even the live chat on Twitter, what particular topics do you like going with? I talk a lot about personal brand. Mm-hmm. I talk a lot about social recruiting, uh, team building, uh, military recruiting. Uh, that's kind of that's been something I've done a lot of, and so I I, I like to speak from that position of understanding. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but that's that's a big part of it. And then, of course, it's also an opportunity to pitch the podcast, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and get people to think about that. But I mean, those I, I think that's one of the nice things is Wendy and I tend to go in very different directions when it comes to what we talk about. And, and I think that's one of the yeah. fun things about our relationship and how we bounce off of each other is that I, I, I think I tend to talk much more about the tactical and, and, and maybe I think she's got some great things about the strategic, yeah. some of those other and things I, that are I've out done, there. I've done a few talks and, and on actual just networking and Twitter and how do you use it? And how do you, how do you make that happen? And uh, trying to get some more, do more talks uh, around diversity, kind of, kind of pushing that. I've been learning a lot about that over the last year and there's just, we've got so far to go, but we've learned so much. Yep, um, I agree. And so just trying to get more of that, uh, that information out there. So working on a few, working on a talk on, on that, just trying to figure out which direction to go. Cause there's too many. <laughs> Wendy, if you're, if you're to think about like a trend that's happening, uh, in HR, in the profession, or even just in the workplace regarding people, what most excites you about what's happening, uh, in terms of a trend, if there is one that oh. you can think of? That's a really good question. You, you know, I think the we're kind of getting into a, a nice mix, I think, of 
not just bring your whole self to work, but understanding who people are and getting to yeah. know people. And we're, we're not away from the nine to five yet or eight to five. I don't know who works <laughs> nine to five. I don't know anyone who works just nine to five. Nobody. Um, no, but yeah, we still have that. Exist. But getting into, you know, when does the work really need to be done? Do we really need to be sitting at a desk from, from eight to five? And, and can we do it in different ways? Where I work now, we have the option to work from home one day a week. And, and I actually, the people I recruit for are three and a half hours away from where my office sits. So being able to have that flexibility, and I think it's a great that technology has given us that option to be more flexible with how we are serving the people that we work with and work for. So I, I think that's exciting. And I hope to see more of that to give people that flexibility to work when and where they need to. John, you, you've had a really long career in HR from what I believe that you said earlier. What's changed the most about the way the HR profession is from when you started to, to now? Anything that either is so different or something that's better or worse? Or I'm curious on your, th your thoughts on the profession in general. I think the thing that I have been most pleased to see, and, and you know, Wendy and I always talk to other practitioners about how they got in to the business. And, you know, I, I use the term Phil. I like somebody that says I walked in, you know, I started my career as a public school music teacher and <laughs> went to a temp agency to be a temp and they hired me and I kind of moved up the recruiting ranks that way and got into corporate recruiting and then was a labor relations uh, union negotiator for a long time. So I've had a really interesting path along the way. I think one of the things that I've been really pleased to see is the shift from just the compliance component of what we do and that, yes, we have all kinds of laws we live under. However, I think all three of us can agree that HR works in gray all the time. Yep. We have a friend that has a blog about working, you know, life in the gray. We work in this gray and we have to be better business people. We have to be, we have to understand the widgets that we're making. I, I worked, I worked for a, a very, very large company at one time in my career. And I was always amazed at my peers that didn't understand what we did. And didn't even really seem to, I don't want to say they didn't care. It wasn't a, it wasn't a priority for them to understand how the, how the widgets were made. And I don't get that because if I can't understand how the widgets made, how do I talk to that manager who's got a manning issue or, uh, or, you know, John, I need training about the widget a machine. How do I, if I don't understand widget a machine, not that I have to run the machine, but I've got to understand well, this is why a, a machine is important. Here's what, and here's how we develop the training. I, I think that shift at least, you know, and I, I know many of our peers have been thinking as business people for a long time. I think though, there's been that shift from just compliance to, we have to be strategic. We have to understand the business. We have to really deliver the people operations piece of this. And, you know, we see how many people don't have HR in their title anymore. Chief people officer. We I heard that a lot yeah, lately. I love that one. And again, I, yeah, I you know, titles are all well and good. At the end of the day, can you deliver on what you're supposed to be doing? That's that's my big thing. Uh, as far as that goes, you can call me whatever you want. <laughs> I know I've got a job to do. And if I deliver and every and my management's happy and uh, from a, you know, from a field perspective and my corporate management are happy with what I'm doing, then I'm being and I feel like I'm successful Then it's a win, win, win. Uh, but I, I think that's been my the thing I've been most pleased to see is that shift. And, you know, I've just been really fortunate to work for companies where I've gotten to learn how the, how the widgets are made. I got interested in how the widgets were made and I want to keep building that knowledge base and that I can go out and talk to not only people in my industry, but in other industries as well and learn how 
what widgets they're making. And I think that's that's been a really cool thing. Well, Wendy, John, this has been like an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. I'm so glad we were able to have you on. I really want you back because there's so much more we could talk about. <laughs> so you guys have this podcast. You're the ho- you're co-hosts of the HR Social Hour, our half hour podcast. Sorry, <laughs> butchered that one. So how often is that? And what is your favorite episode? I want each of you to say favorite episode to point people to. And where can people find it? HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast comes out every Thursday morning, a new episode every week. Wendy also has a, a podcast that she does with a friend of ours named Ann Tompkinson mm. called Wonder Women, where, oh, we, I love where that. they focus on uh, w- you know women in yeah. our industry. Yeah. Uh, that comes out typically the second or third Monday yeah. of each month. Uh, but that regular weekly show is every Thursday. I, you can find us at hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. We're on all the major platforms, Apple, Android, you name it, whatever plat- whatever phone or device you use, you can find us out there, hrpodcasters.com even. My personal favorite episode, uh, we, we sent outlines and thought a little bit about this. Last year, we, we had an opportunity to be part of the blog squad for Sherm National mm-hmm. in Chicago. And we did two episodes with our mm-hmm. international friends. And... I, I, I kind of pieced those together because we recorded them over a two-day period with people from Australia, South Africa, India, India, and India. And what I learned in those conversations is, first of all, there's a lot of Western influence in their favorite movies <laughs> and music, which I thought was kind of fun. <laughs> Would not have but, thought that. <laughs> however, at the end of the day, like we were talking about earlier, all our industries have comparable issues. Yeah. Industry issue the the issues are global. Mm -hmm. Benefits are different. Pay is different. People stuff still the same. How you recruit is again there are different laws and what have you. I think it was just so it was so amazing. I know for me and I and I know for Wendy too. As we sat at the table with these people that literally live on the other side of the globe, and we're talking about what we do as peers, and we're finding out that yeah, it's not that much different, and and that we all deal with comparable things i that that to me that pair of shows which i honest actually have, i think have been our most successful from a yeah. download perspective uh, mm. and and have been downloaded all over the globe because I, I used to be able to see that those <laughs> numbers thanks podbean for changing that but that uh but that really was i think those those two if somebody said john what about your show and you know what would you what would you say you and when i i'm most proud of those yeah. two in terms of content and the people the people are all cool and i can't wait we get to see most of them again this summer in vegas at national term that'll be it'll be fun to see them again and we look forward to doing more of those international shows we'd like to have somebody on the on the call like this at some point we keep looking you know (laughs) uh but uh but i think i i'm really really proud of those and i think they're really representative of what we're trying to do with the podcast and building a community i love it wendy what about you so many to pick from and uh i I can never quite follow the rules so um (laughs) i do i have to say i'm gonna say that our first um hr wonder woman episode with margaret spence she is just a a phenomenal consultant hr leader out of florida and uh, she's she's kind of the reason we kicked off the uh the spinoff because i didn't get to see her at uh, sherm national and so ann said well let's just do a one-off podcast so we did one and then we're like, oh, well, we should talk to all these <laughs> other people too. And so it was just, it was really interesting because we're, um, we're focusing on um, women of color and helping to elevate those voices and how can we be better? How can um, all of us be better? And it's interesting to 
when I listen to some of the raw footage and from that, from some of them, and I just kind of go, Oh, wow. I can't believe I actually said that out loud, but it's, it's all about learning and, and, and growing. But I, I think one of my other favorites was our episode with uh, Mary Faulkner, because we had so much fun. She and John geeked out on so many different levels. <laughs> um, towards the end, I got the giggles. Like there was nothing I uh, fangirling out um, chatting with Mary and I've talked with her before, but we just, it was just such a fun episode to, to talk with her. And um, like I said, totally geeking out John and her on movies and music that I have never heard of before. Um, <laughs> so I was Googling while we were chatting, but it was just, it was just a lot of fun. Um, so those are my two uh, favorite episodes that we've done. Um, in addition to, of course, our international ones. Yeah. John took my absolute top favorites, but well, you guys have been an absolute pleasure. I thank you so much for coming on the Transform Your Workplace podcast. Besides the podcast, where can people find you, follow you, Twitter handle, all that stuff? I I am on Twitter as Windle93, W-Y-N-D-A-L-L-9-3, um, or on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. You can find me on Twitter at John, J-O-N underscore Thurman, T-H-U-R-M-O-N-D, LinkedIn, and as always, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. And if you're listening to this, make sure you go over and listen to our crossover as we get to <laughs> ask our questions yes. to Brandon. <laughs> John Thurman, Wendy Daly, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. A lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks, Brandon. <laughs>